Don't worry, it's not a bad edit of today's podcast. This is uh, a pre-podcast to the main show. That's coming up in a minute. We need you to settle an argument. Who is the most popular fight disciple? Serious. <laughs> Me and have been having a little bit of a chat about this in our off-season. We've been having a drink. We've been having a little bit of back and forth. And we've come up with an argument as to who is the most popular fight disciple after the last eight years of churning out this content for you free. Day by day, week by week, in the world of boxing and in the world of MMA, we want to know. We want you to settle it because he genuinely thinks it's him. He <laughs> genuinely thinks that out of the three of us, and remember there's three of us, there's me, him, and Mike, <laughs> you can't see on camera right now. Yeah, Nick Pete genuinely believes he's the most popular fight disciple by some country man. And we've come up with an idea of how this can either be proved or disproved. <laughs> we get messages on a regular basis from you saying that, We'd love to get out on the air with you. We'd love to buy you a beer. All right, now's the time to put your money where your mouth is. We're going to set up a link on our website. We're going to put it all over our social medias. All you've got to do is click that link. That link will give you the opportunity to genuinely buy us a beer. Get but the ale in. You've got a choice here. You can either buy one beer and be a stingy bastard and just buy it for one of us. Or you can buy two beers, you can buy it for both of us, or you can buy it for all three of the Fight Disciples, Mike, our producer included. It is completely up to you. We're going to run this throughout the whole of Advent. Now, obviously, through that month of December as we build up towards Christmas, and we're just asking you to get the alien. It's your round, man. Come on. So the link will be on our X, or Twitter as it used to be called. It'll be all over our Instagram. There's a website link, fightdisciples.com slash beer. You can head to that. It's dead simple. You can pay via Apple Pay or via PayPal. That's it. That's it. You just click the link. It'll come up. Buy the lads a beer. You can either buy one beer, two beers, three beers. You can even buy the, buy more beers if you want, if you want to show your total appreciation for the free content that comes your way. Just settle the argument because in there's a box there, a message section. So if you're only buying one beer, you can say who you're buying that beer for. All right? Settle the argument because he's a smug fucker and he genuinely <laughs> believes that this whole ship sinks without him. Right? <laughs> Let me tell you now, yeah, there are housewives around the world currently scrambling for their mobile phones to register their vote in favour of the housewives' favourites. That's a fact. Let me just make this clear, though, as well. This is not a Patreon. This is not a must-do. This is no. not a sign-up. It's you an don't ego trip. This, you don't it's get an that. ego trip. This is pure ego. This is pure ego. But also, it's the fact that every event we go to, when we see people at ringside and cageside and fight disciples and we're gabbing to them in corridors and getting in and out of taxis and everything else, you always say the same thing. Where are we having a beer later? And one day, we will have a mass gathering, a live show, a big beer where we come together. But in the meantime, settle the bets. Jump on. There's a comment section when you get to leave a beer as well. So get the ale in. Let the world know who the number one fight disciple is. And if Norman wins, I'm going to be fuming. That's it. If Norman wins, I, Norman Price wins this, I'm going to be fuming. Let's so there you go. Without Norman Price, our producer. You wouldn't see this. You wouldn't see any of this nonsense. So maybe just buy him an ale and fuck us two off. Anyway, <laughs> the link will be on our X Twitter, as it's referred to. It'll be on our Instagram. There's a website link, fightdisciples.com slash beer. You won't be able to miss it because we're going to be plastering it everywhere for the next four weeks. And this little video will be on the start of every single podcast. You'll be sick to the sight of it. So make sure you click the link, buy someone or all of us a beer and settle the argument. Right. Exactly.
let's get on with the minge bags. Let's get on with the free stuff. It's today's podcast. This, this, this is Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 815 with the Fight Disciples. This is your boxing review from the weekend just gone. Before we get stuck into it, head to our website to make sure you subscribe to this stuff. There's plenty of content coming your way over the next few weeks, whether it be boxing or MMA. It's a busy month, it's December, and there's lots of previews and reviews uh, coming up of which uh, will fill your Christmas stocking up with glee. Fightdisciples.com is the website. If you need an audio feed, we're across everything. Spotify, the lot. Thank you very much, by the way, for all your Spotify raps that you've been sending us over the last uh, week or so. There's a few in there in the top 0.5% listeners. Listen, man, get a life. <laughs> what are you doing listening to us to? Eh? 0.5, 75,000 hours of listening. Jeez, man. Mad. My missus showed... doesn't even listen to me that much and she lives in the same house as me, mate. That's a fact. I showed I showed some of them to uh, to Jane over the weekend. I was like, "Look at this guy! This guy listened to us over a hundred thousand hours this year." Wow! And she was just like, "Is he in jail?" <laughs> and I was like, "What does that What does that mean?" <laughs> like he's in solitary confinement and he's literally got nothing better to do. That's torture. To our podcast. You put us on in solitary confinement. <laughs> that's like worth it a sentence, isn't it, man? He's exactly. done. He's been done. Love the fucking dudes in orange suits in Guantanamo Bay just getting fight disciples piped into the ears 24-7. Jesus. Shout yeah, out to those it. guys. I respect <clears throat> it. Thank you. Listen, honestly, I know we're taking the piss, but when you do send us them at the end of the year, and I could I could okay. tell when you are sending it to us that you're proud that you're you're a, you're in. And that, we've always said this. Love we've it. always said this about this. Yeah, it's me and him that do the show weekly, daily, whatever. It's a community that we try to build. Seven, eight years deep now. There's people that have been day oneers, love you to bits, and there's people that are still only discovering us now. Spread the word, man. Tell yeah. you, tell your pals, tell your pals all about it. This is a like-minded community. You might not always agree with what we say, and that's that's the if you did. That's the we don't agree point. with each other half the time. <laughs> I don't even agree with me half the time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, thank you very much for keep coming back to us on a on a weekly basis, and obviously identifying and letting us know that you are listening to the extent that you're listening as well. Fucking hell, you must get some shit off your, your other halves. If you've constantly got us on in, in the car or around the house or whatever it may be, or maybe it's the dog walk, I don't know. Yeah. But thank you very much for uh, for tuning into us. Uh, we're also available uh, on YouTube. So if you want to watch this nonsense, you're more than welcome to do so uh, on our YouTube channel, which is growing uh, slowly, but it's growing. We're getting there. So thank you very much if you have crossed over and, uh, and subscribed to us on YouTube. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. And it's a good time uh, to come over and obviously join it because I can't see much morning going on. Normally, yeah, if you're still here after all this time, you'd just be used to us moaning and groaning about various bits. But it seems to be all going in the right direction. If you're an mm -hmm. MMA fan, we had a wonderful card at the weekend in, um, in Austin, Texas. We'll talk about that on the other show. And boxing lived up as well. Boxing, uh, boxing delivered, and it's been delivering for the last two, three weeks. It's going to deliver again next week. It's going to deliver again the week after. My days, my man. Brilliant. My days. December's on fire. Yeah, it is. And hopefully, it's it's not just like a rush towards the end of the year. And here's a handful. Spend of all your budget. Cards. It's one of them. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, it isn't. Hopefully, this is more of this is the future. We are living the future right now. Hopefully, the injection of the we've got to be honest, the Saudi cash in certain areas has allowed investments throughout businesses, not just in Saudi Arabia. Hopefully that 
is what is the changing of the guard. Because once again, we had a great weekend, really interesting weekend of boxing with some cracking 50-50 fights. Once again, some upsets. Once again, some controversial referee and judging uh, decisions. Brilliant, man. This is the, this is how good the sport could be. This is what we've been telling you for years. Boxing can be this good. Okay, we're not going to go too heavy on Friday night, but Saturday night <laughs> in Belfast was fucking excellent. Shall we start with Friday night then? Do you want to get it out well, there? Let's guess get Friday out the way, please, yeah. Hey, you were right, weren't you? 47 years of age, like a fucking little machine. Emiliano Marsili. We ain't seen him uh, on UK soil for some time since obviously he fought Derry, beat Derry. Undefeated through 43 fights, 42 wins, one draw. Never fought for a world title, this fella. Tell you what, you can see why, can't you? Even at 47, still got it. He just run out of gas. Yeah. Put Unbelievable. Mm. Like, I, I, honestly, the amount of people that were that were messaging me as well going, mate, you, you called this. You said he was switched on. And I was like, mate, a decade ago or 12 <laughs> years ago, whatever it was, <coughs> he was legit then. And he's still not lost since. It's incredible what he was managing to do at the age of 47. Uh, and I mean, incredible. Like, cyborg shit. Like, check that guy's fucking blood work. Like, insane, high level. Just the, the way he was doing it as well. Not old manning Gavin Gwynn, but bouncing pissed. around on his toes. Yeah. Like, fucking pace. Throwing big right hands, timing shots, slipping shots. And I was like, mate, <coughs> Gavin Gwynn's losing this. Yeah. And losing it convincingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it got to a point in the fight after round six. And we, we say this a lot sometimes with certain matchups when we go, go for it, man. Give him six rounds of hell and see what happens. Roll the dice. Marcilli did that. Marcilli rolled the dice. He rocked up and went, right, this kid's the fucking... I'm back in Britain again, am I? Against another kid who's going to be the bees... Who I'm being, you know, is supposed to be the bees knees. I'm 47 now. I can't do what I used to do. But what I'm going to do is... I'm going to give him six rounds of the very best of me, what I've got left. And if he's still there after six rounds, good luck to him. And that's what Marcilli did. So you can't criticize Marcilli no. for gassing out. He went for it. Had he set a different pace, had he slowed down, had he stepped on it, rolled onto his heels a little bit more and tried to old man him, Gavin Gwynn probably would have punched the hole through his head. But he didn't. He set the pace and he caught Gavin Gwynn off guard completely. And he completely dominated the first six rounds of the fight. He was incredible. I was. This is going to sound harsh on Gavin Gwynn because I like Gavin. I yeah. was. Wi I was willing the old fella on for the old lads, for the lads that are in the forties. I was going, come on, keep it going, yeah. such a, But you could just see when he sat down after six, he's like going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then obviously we get to round eight and he ends up pulling out. Uh, and they're talking about shoulders and all this stuff. Listen, I don't know. Nah. I haven't seen a medical report or anything like that. Nah. He just gassed. As far as I'm concerned, he 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 just. I can't keep going, lads. That's me done. And yeah. it was a shame because when he put up, when he did walk away from the fight, I had him up. I think I had him up five three, maybe even six two, mate. He were up doing bits. Yeah, he was definitely up. You know, after after six rounds, I had him, I had him five one up. I only gave him Gavin Gwynn one of the first six rounds. Uh, I thought Marcelli, you know, was too too slick, too 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 good for him, too agile. <coughs> also, I think Gavin Gwynn thought he was going to punch holes in the old man. And he was walking forward in straight lines. He was walking backwards in straight lines. He, he, it couldn't. The first six rounds for me couldn't have gone any worse for Gavin Gwynn. Mm. He got completely caught off guard. He was getting beaten to the punch. He was getting outfoxed and outboxed. He, he, he was he was getting a lesson. He was it was a masterclass by Marcelli. But 
Gavin Gwynn stayed in there. He didn't lose his heart. He didn't get dejected. He didn't start feeling sorry for himself. He fucking pulled his big pants up and he went, right, fucking hell. Okay, I've just got to keep going. And if this little man, this little old man can keep doing this, I'm kind of fucked. But all I can do is keep pressing, keep walking forward, keep pushing him, keep making him work at a pace that is freakishly unnatural for a man of his age. And eventually that paid off. Eventually, Marcelli did gas. For me, Gavin Gwynn won round seven. He won round eight. And then Marcelli then made a decision in the corner. There was a lot of chatter about, oh, look at his shoulder. You know, his shoulders popped out and he's definitely hurt his shoulder there. He hadn't. I, I, when that conversation started <coughs> by the commentary team, I was a bit like, what? So I actually rewound the fight, rewound it all the way back to the first two rounds to have a look. And Marcilli had a little lump in his in his shoulder anyway. There was a little bone lump there. But they made a big deal going, oh, you can see it. Look at his shoulder. Nah, man, that was there from the very beginning. Marcilli quit. He checked himself out. But, I, 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 you know, usually I would go, oh, he spewed it, man. I'm not happy about that. He's 47 years of age and he, he fucking everything. rolled the dice. He did all he could do. He gave him six rounds of hell. And Gavin Gwynn, testament to him, stayed in there and kept going, kept plugging away. And eventually the tide turned. As I say, seven and eight with Gavin Gwynn. The fight had turned. Marcelli was done. He gave it everything he got. And in that moment, I was like, mate, okay, you go out on your shield by going, oh, I think we've got an injury here. Ref, we'll have to pull out. We know why you pulled out, kid. You had nothing left. But there's absolutely no shame in that whatsoever. Mm. Fascinating Anything, fight. Couldn't take your eyes off it. Yeah, it was Mega Man. Um, anything else on that one? Mm. On that card? Just Bradley Strang. I thought he boxed brilliantly. Really uh, good performance against there Joshua he John. Here he is. A little bit of that. You've got to the Scouser, haven't you? Of course. Absolutely. This was his first title fight for what the title's worth. Nothing. But, you know, mm. nice to get a little strap wrapped around your waist, especially when you come from a gym like Everton Red Triangle, where you're one of five or six really talented fighters. But unfortunately, you're probably five or six on the list of exposure, fan awareness. You know, popularity right now. But Bradley Strand was an outstanding amateur. And it was just nice that he got a little bit of shine this weekend. Again, I think there's a plethora of belts already in that gym and coming to that gym in the future, maybe even a couple of world titles. I thought Brad looked really good, really good performance, a very tidy boxer. Maybe he just lacks that little bit of pop that some of the other lads in his gym have got, but absolutely makes up for it with silky skills. I thought he looked great. Yeah. Uh, on the Channel 5 card, the star was Chloe Watson. Congratulations to her. She became European champion. Uh, good fight as well. Good fight. Um, navigated it very, very well. Uh, and when she needed to, she put a foot Chopped down. Chopped it up for the first few rounds, I thought. That's she had to figure it out, man. She had to figure that shit out. Good for her. She put a foot down when she needed <coughs> to and, and got the job done and uh, became European champion. That's great. Um, Nathan Gorman. Oof, he's had a stinker there, hasn't he? He's had an absolute stinker. This was supposed to be a nice comeback, navigate, get your foot back on the ladder. He just didn't show up, man. Now, I thought he, when it, if you remember, um, you know, when he had the British title fight against Fabio Wardley, um, was it last year? Was that, no, was that the back end of last, it was like a year ago yeah. <coughs> against Fabio Wardley. And I, I was on, I came on this fucking show and was like, yeah, man, different levels. Nathan Gorman was at, at you know, an England international. Yeah, very good. Represented GB. Nathan Gorman, uh, Fabio's a novice. This, this, this is a boxing match. You've got to back the boxer. And what we found on that night is that he didn't have the balls for it, and and Fabio Wardley ran through like, like a hot knife through butter. So this was Nathan Gorman's big moment to come back. He's on Channel Five 
for all the exposure that is, you know, okay, I, well, I think the sound is it's mainstream though, isn't exactly. It? It's a big platform, and you're the heavyweight coming in on a Friday night live on terrestrial TV. This is your comeback. Maybe, maybe there was few eyes on him, maybe there wasn't. I don't know, but to turn up the way he did, let's be honest, and I don't want to be too harsh, but a fat mess. You looked awful. <laughs> I'm I don't physically... want to be too harsh. And then you go fat mess, right? How much can, can we just do levels of harsh? How more harsh can you get than fat mess? Yeah, listen. The fucking shorts didn't even fit him. His shorts were kept up by masking tape. He looked a disgrace, to be honest with you. And if I was the promoter, I'd have fuck. If he'd have walked through the door and got changed into them shorts and looked the way he looked. I'd have gone, are you fucking messing? Are you messing? I've put you at the top. I've put you as the co-main event on my terrestrial TV card. And you haven't even trained. You're turning up like that. You haven't even got a pair of shorts that fit you. You've got masking tape keeping your shorts up. You're supposed to be my guy. The other guys, the, the, the guy coming in to lose, not you. He looked like a loser and he performed like a loser. And I think he's done. And I don't never retire any fighter because who the hell am I to retire a fighter? But I would, if I was a promoter, I'd look at Nathan Gorman and go, mate, unless you 180, your lifestyle, your choices, your attitude towards this sport, you're done in this sport because you're bringing nothing to the table. It wasn't just the way he boxed. It was the way he approached the fight. He hadn't trained. He wasn't in shape. Didn't even have a fucking pair of shorts that fit him. It was embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. It's one thing losing to Fabio Wardley. I won't knock him for that. British title fight. Fabio Wardley's going that way. Nathan swallowed it on the night. But this was his comeback. He matched them with a cruiserweight to make him look good on telly. And he threw it back in, in, in the Sowerland's face. I'll be surprised if Nathan Gorman ever gets on a TV card again. There you go. Um, Waste of talent. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's talented. He's talented, absolutely. Uh, Saturday, Belfast, come on, man. Let's have it. The, yeah, let's uh, have some fun. The the Irish fans are absolutely having it away at the moment. Obviously, we've got a cracker in Dublin uh, last weekend. We've had a good in uh, in Belfast this weekend. And we've also got the PFL, which is rocking into town uh, back in Dublin uh, this weekend. This week, so yeah. It's just on, it's just unbelievable what uh, the Irish fight fans are getting at the moment. Uh, and this... As a as a main event, Michael Conlon versus Jordan Gill. We said it was good matchmaking. Two guys in a crossroads situation, both yeah. coming off uh, losses. We hadn't seen Jordan for the best part of 14 months uh, since his loss. Uh, Michael, obviously, earlier on this year against Lopez, that was supposed to be his coming out party. That was supposed to be the moment where he realised his dream of becoming world champion. It wasn't to be. We all know how good Lopez is. It's no shame in losing that fight, but take some serious uh, psychological uh, battle to get yourself back on the horse. Uh, and uh, get yourself up for a, uh, this fight at the weekend for both men. Um, Jordan Gill was absolutely outstanding, absolutely outstanding from the from the moment the bell rang. I'll talk about my pre-fight prediction or thoughts in a minute, but from the moment the bell rang, Jordan Gill looked better than he's ever looked, and he's looked good in the past. He's had some wonderful yeah. performances. He had that wonderful turnaround performance against Guerfi, where he came up with the shot when he was getting beat to become the European champion. That was one of the most complete performances that Jordan Gill has put together in his professional career. And now the horizon for him looks really, really promising. It looks it looks as though the, the opportunity to shoot for world honours 
is a realistic target. Of course, you might have to get another couple of wins in order to solidify that. But when you do that in the manner that you do it, away from home, against Michael Conlon, who is an yep. elite, been there to the top of the tree, you absolutely rubber stamp your name as a top quality contender. And we all heard what he said after the fight, and we'll get to that in a minute. But as a performance, if you take away all the things that you know, if you take away all that and just look at the performance, it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, uh, that performance with his head screwed on, with his personal life in shape, with yeah. his corner sorted, you know, with, with all the familiarities that he had a year or two ago, <coughs> that performance is the performance of his career. Yeah. When you add on everything that has gone on, and and, and I think that's a, a, a big proportion, a big reason, and obviously the destination as to why he was such a big underdog as well. But I've always been a big Jordan Gill fan for two reasons. Him personally is a diamond. Second reason, I've always believed in his ability. I've always believed how good he, he can be. Like every fighter, a little bit between the ears about making that next step. And he's had some tough defeats, which he's had to fight back from. But I always fancied him here with no pressure on his shoulders. Obviously, the question mark was about the corner. Who was actually going to be in the corner? As it turned out, it was a guy from Ben Davidson's gym. Barry, yeah, Big Barry. Big Barry, who'd done a lot of the work with him, and obviously Jordan's dad as well. Mm -hmm. But what I took away from it was, the main thing I took away from the performance, from Jordan Gill, from everything about it was, he's a serious super featherweight, and mm. he probably should have moved up sooner. Yeah, yeah. Because he looked so physically strong. He looked so much more... It wasn't just the focus, it was the way... The way he looked so comfortable at the weight. Mm. The way he stepped in behind his shots... The way he was just gliding one way and then the other. Like the mentality all week after he made weight. And I had a brief text with him during fight week as well, just to kind of see how he was going. He replied straight away. He's like, bam, bam. He was he just on it all week. He seemed happy to be in Belfast. He was happy to do the media. He was happy at the weigh-in. And I was like, okay, let's see how this translates when the crowd get going, when Mick walks second, when everything else happens. Can you stay this positive? And fuck me. He just harnessed the whole thing and it just turned into the Jordan Gill show. He was incredible. Incredible. It really is amazing what boxing and, and, and sport in general can do for people, isn't it? You know, we've experienced this a few times this year in particular. We When we spoke about Tiafimo Lopez heading into the Josh Taylor fight, when we spoke about yeah. uh, Charlo uh, coming back last week and now obviously speaking about Jordan Gill coming into this fight with Michael Conlon, we all knew not to maybe the extent of what Jordan revealed. Definitely the not the extent, no. But we all knew that there was things going on in all those people's lives, personal lives, that would be classed in the normal person's life as chaotic. Can you operate under all that chaos? And what we've learned from those three athletes, and I'm sure this is going on with many, many athletes that are stepping through the boxing ropes on a weekly basis, is that the calmest place on the planet for them is between those ropes. Yeah. That's their normality. That's yeah. where they find where they're at their very, very best. That's where they can operate at their very, very best. The outside world is crazy. Yeah. But inside those ropes, they are the captain of their own fate. They are in charge of the destiny. Outside, there's other factors that come in that affect whether it be personal relationships, whether it be management whether it be training situations, all those things are affected by other people and they've got to be able to react to how those other people are reacting to them. Inside mm -hmm. the ropes, 
It's one on one. Yeah. They're the captain. It's down to them. And that's where they feel the most comfortable. And this is becoming more evident time after time after time after time. When all that world's on fire, when all that craziness is going on, being able to be as single-minded as Jordan Gill uh, showed at the weekend, it's it's a real skill. It's a, it's a real... Uh, Do you think, though, it's also a bit of a relief? Oh, yeah. Because in all that, that moment, all you have that. time to think escape, about... It, it's a weird escapism. Life. It's a weird yeah. escapism. Like, the, most people go the other Focus way. Focus just goes bum. Yeah. Most people go the other way with, 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 when it comes to that escapism. Their escapism is actually running into a fight of which yeah. they can control. And he proved that at the weekend because, listen, obviously when he's talking about being in the field, drinking and, and thinking about ending his life. Oh, I was almost I, in tears at that point. Oh, Just because I know him personally, I was almost in tears. Didn't know it to that extent. Knew that he had a, a relationship breakup. Knew that he'd had the training change and all these types of things away from it. And obviously he's coming off the back of a loss. He's uh, been out the ring for 14 months. And these were all the things that were going through my head in the build-up to that fight. I thought, he's up against it, man. Michael Conlon, I know Michael Conlon, and yeah, Michael's coming off the loss, but Michael isn't talking <laughs> the way, or, or or his life isn't the way that Jordan's was. So the logical choice pre-fight would have been, right, Michael Conlon's the favourite here, and Michael Conlon, you know, 100% Michael Conlon against 100% of what I thought was Jordan Gill would win. I was completely wrong, because Jordan Gill, as you said, looked tremendous at the weight, looked big, he looked strong, he the game plan was absolutely outstanding. He dealt yeah. with the chaos of Belfast. Yeah. And he's now all of a sudden become, oh, hang on a minute, a proper contender in this division. It was outstanding, mate. When you, like I said, even without the chaos, it's an outstanding performance. You put the chaos on top of that, you think, fucking hell, mate. Jeez. How far can this go? Fair play to yeah. him. Fair play to him. Yeah. I, I think the, the the only, the only, Shame here is that you know his his best mate, his good mate Lee Wood is moving up to super featherweight as well. So he's behind Lee again in terms of world title opportunities. Otherwise, there'd be genuine conversations about a potential fight with Joe Cordina or whoever else. But you know what? I think hopefully Jordan wakes up this Monday morning back in his own bed and realizes, okay, I've come through what is potentially you know the darkest part of my career. And I've writ I've lit the blue touch paper on the next chapter in my professional life, and hopefully that allows me to drag my personal life with it as well, you know. And, and he can find some he can find some some happiness in that because mm. it sounds like it's been a horrifically hard time. And it's and when you hear people like that who you know who you consider a friend talk in the manner in which he did, it, you know, it, it itch you. It, it's it's probably heartbreaking. And sometimes we don't realize that with especially with fighters because the fighters, man. Yeah. You know, we never use the term brave on this show because they're all fucking okay. brave. Yeah, Just getting in a ring is the bravest thing that, you know, most people, more, braver than anything most people will ever do in their lives. These guys step in a ring regularly three or four times a year. So brave doesn't even come into the equation. They're all fucking brave. But to just see that vulnerability, and it was just, it was, it's good that fighters now, are, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not, part of the woke community far from it but it's good to hear that fighters will openly talk about their feelings now and will openly talk and go yeah man I, mean, I was in a dark place and i've come through it and here i am now because it's important because you know yourself we get a lot we get messages from fight disciples who even listen to this show and go mate it keeps it cheers me up when i have a low day and everything else and 
you don't quite know what people are going through. People, who, again, people who are considered a friend. I didn't know to the extent what Jordan had gone through. And to come through that, and to come through it, and produce that performance in a new weight division with a new team. And maybe that's what he needed. Maybe the new team was key. Maybe mm. breaking that cycle and doing something new, it was the catalyst to do something else. That doesn't mean for a second Dave Caldwell was the wrong coach. He was the right coach at the right time. Now he needs something else in his life to like the, you know. <clears throat> and I went on to Jordan to say congratulations, and it was nice to see one of the first comments on there was from Dave Caldwell saying, "Mate, that was incredible. Congratulations, all good stuff." I, honestly, I, in terms of Jordan Gill, I'm so excited for him. That's so positive. 2024, the world is your oyster. Mm. Coming back to Mick Conlon, yeah, it, it's tough to see where Mick goes from here now. That that's a big defeat. We cut. Co- we called last week's show Thursday's yeah. preview show Crossroads for yeah. a reason. And Jordan at twenty nine, you know, could have come back from this if you like. But Michael is thirty two. He's had two world title fights. He got stopped on both occasions. The first one he was fucking three minutes away from going world champion, man. And now he's lost the Crossroads non-title fight. It's going to be tough for him to come back. Should he come back? I believe he should. Yeah. Because he's just lost to the very best Jordan Gill we've seen yet. So there's absolutely big fights out there for Michael Conlon. Should he go back down to featherweight? Bearing yes. in mind that the featherweight division is now absent of a Jordan Gill. Gill. It's absent of a Lee Wood. There's a big fight, you know, with a Josh Warrington down there, potentially. I don't know. These are only questions that Michael Conlon can ask. But I like Mick. He's got so much talent. He just isn't getting the rub of the green at the moment. He's pop. He's getting opportunities hmm. against fighters having their legacy moments. Do you know what I mean? Lee Wood had a legacy moment. Lopez had a legacy moment. Jordan Gills just had a legacy moment all against Michael Conlon. I don't feel like Michael's doing anything wrong. No, like he's just getting he's just getting guys on their golden night. Yeah, but this is what it's supposed to look like. This of is course. it. This, this is this thing that winds me up, and we'll talk about Tyron McKenna in a minute because oh, I want to. I want to throw some absolute love his way. McKenna tattoo me, like, fuck fucking, me, fucking right, Jesus. Yeah. The, uh, the there's too many in, in the game of boxing that can navigate the system in order to then class themselves as a world champion at some point in their career, and we know the truth. But for people that watch the sport on a regular basis, you know the truth. Like that's why we went so big on, for example, a Luke Campbell. His career. Look at Luke Campbell's career. You couldn't have had harder opportunities to try and become a world champion. He fell short. Doesn't take anything away from Luke Campbell. Luke Campbell, Olympic gold medalist, was in a weight division of absolute killers at the time, ran into the likes of the Lomachenkos of this world, and you think to yourself, you've had a fucking tough go there, mate, but then there'll be somebody else that comes along who becomes lightweight champion because the belt became vacant. They won a vacant title. It's a secondary belt, all this type of nonsense. So the real boxing fans know the score, and this is exactly the same with Michael Conlon. Michael Conlon's had a tough run. Tough run, but it's supposed to look like this. I'm not saying, oh, he, he should have done it easy. No, he shouldn't. He's done it right. He's absolutely done it right. This is why he's loved by fans. This is why people like Tara McKenna are loved by fans, because they don't take fucking shortcuts. They take proper fights on. Michael Conlon has taken proper fights. Okay, he has fallen short on some of those fights. He's fought, Listen, he's, he's won some of the fights, and he's won them in fantastic fashion, fashion some of the fights as well. I personally believe that he's uh, a feather. He's not a super feather. I, again, only he can answer this. He knows his physiological, uh, physiological setup. For me personally, I think one two six is where he should be uh, should be fighting, mate. And then I think you've just mentioned the fight. Him against Josh Warrington is absolutely gigantic, gigantic. 
And that's the fight. Why would Mick Conlon want a, a, a tune-up? That's not his mate. That's not who he is. That's not what he does. Mm-hmm. He's going to go away, no doubt, spend Christmas with his with his family, have a bit of a rest, get his head screwed back on again and go, right, okay, middle of next year, <clears throat> let's meet, do me and Josh Warrington. Let's see what's what. Sign me the fuck up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know that we're going to talk Tyron McKenna a lot, but Lewis Crocker, man. Oh. Lewis Crocker. Get okay. me, wherever you're fighting next, son, I'm in. I want yeah. to see it because you are a nasty piece of work. Mm-hmm. You are fun. And that's the key thing. When you're a fan and you're buying a ticket and you want to go watch a fight, a fight, you want to be guaranteed the entertainment. You want to, you want the fun element of it. And okay, it takes two to tango and Tyron McKenna plays his role in this fight. There's no doubt about that. But Lewis Crock has come forward, front foot, aggressive, nasty. Oh, mate, he is, he's got it. He's going, I don't know if he's going all the way, but he's going a very, very long way. It's going to be a fun ride. If you are a Lewis Crocker fan, you're in for some fun here, man, because he's going to take you a long, long way in this division. Yeah, and and you've got to build on this now. That's a big win. Tyrone yeah. McKenna's no joke. Tyrone yeah. McKenna is game as that. We'll come on to Tyrone McKenna in a second. But, you know, Tyrone McKenna was a, a benchmark opponent for me, probably the, the best opponent in terms of experience and ability that Lewis Crock has faced so far. Yeah. And he answered it with flying colours. He looked outstanding. You know, you could argue one every round, one nearly every round. He looked great. And now it's time to move him on in this welterweight division. Let's see what big fights are out there for him and big opportunities for him. Because to do that to Tyrone McKenna, who, who who's, finds a way to, to win rounds, finds the way to unset rhythms, finds a way, okay, doesn't always win, but he's always in great fights, entertaining fights, always back and forth fights. This wasn't a super entertaining back and forth fight. No. This was the Lewis Crocker show. And it was Tyrone McKenna's fucking tough as old boots, man. I love him. But, it was a showpiece, and I don't know whether Eddie needed to see that or whoever needed to see that now went, right, okay, you're there, sound. Let's go and get you a former champion. Let's go and get you, you know, some exactly. kind of eliminator. Let's move you forward now in this welterweight division for a real international top-level test. Let's see how good you are. Let's get you a big ranking, and let's move you forward in this division. Mate, hundred. They need to look at what um, Frank's done with Nick Ball. That yeah, you know, he's had uh, that coming out where everybody goes, oh, for example, against Isaac Law. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you go and get him exactly exactly what you just said. You go and get him a former world champion, not somebody that's washed, not somebody that's gone, somebody that still has that thirst and that ambition to you know go up. Similar again. I look at um, career trajectories like Josh Taylor's when they were all right. We're going to put you in with Sergey Lipinitz. That type of thing now. Let's yeah. put Lewis Crocker in with somebody that has been there, done it, got the T-shirt, maybe just come off the off the thing a little bit, wants to try and get back to the top. Let's see what Lewis Crocker's all about because it's not just pure force with Lewis Crocker. He's, techni- he's setting up of shots and he does it with so much power. He's absolutely brilliant. Like I said, that's for me the next step for Lewis Crocker. Let's not waste time with him. Build on the momentum of what you saw at the weekend because he was absolutely fantastic. And I think he's got a very, very long career and a very big career ahead of him. Um, obviously, we now know that Tyron McKenna's called time on his boxing career. He's uh, yeah, stepping he into the world. He won't. He won't. He'll be back. 
He'll be back. No, mate, he's doing all right with his podcast, isn't he? He's got his live shows and all that type of stuff. I genuinely think that that's it now. I think he's... Uh, I think he's. He'll uh, be back. He loves it. it, man. He's a fighting man. He's the king of the Celts, isn't he? He'll mate, be back. I'll tell you that's what. A, no I'll way he's he, On his Instagram post, um, obviously he's saying thanks to fans and all this type of stuff. And uh, the uh, the accolade that he's most proud of is being the hardest cunt in Ireland. <laughs> All the championships, all the things that I've done in my time. Nah, man. I'm most proud of being the hardest cunt in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy, man. How can you not love him? Because yeah. like you said on the show last week, this is what it's supposed to look like. Nah, don't bring me the taxi driver. I'm not interested in the doorman. Bring me Regis Progress. What? Yeah. Tara McKenna's fighting Regis Progress. Yeah, fuck it, man. Let's do it. Let's go. What you could this new up and coming young absolute firecracker of a fighter, Lewis Crocker? You, why are you doing that, Tyron? Why are you doing that? shits and giggles? In it, this is it. This is what I do. If I'm gonna have a fight, let's have a fight. Yeah, mate. That's give me give me far more Tyron McKenna's than any of these fighters that are navigating these bloody sanctioning fees and and ranking systems. Give me a lot of them. Yeah, they might lose, but fuck it, man. I'm all in on the Tyron McKenna's of this world. Yeah, exactly. Because Tyler McKenna, if it is the end, I don't think it is the end, but if it is the end, he can look back on his career and go, there you go. Never turned anyone down. Always what push for the biggest fight possible. Okay, a couple of losses on there, but everyone I lost against was, you know, two of the guys have been world champions. Uh, he lost to O'Hara Davis, didn't he, on points. O'Hara's now mm -hmm. the number one contender for the world title. Lewis Crocker, judging by that performance, will probably one day yeah. fight for the world title. Look Regis Progray might be the best 140 on the planet. Might be. Jack Catterall, Regis Progray. You know, when you've got to you've got to throw all them in. I'm just saying might be. I'm not saying yeah. absolutely. Might be. Of course. So you that's the caliber of opposition he's faced. Uh, and then there's losses and in between all them, by the way. There were some great wins as well. Some yeah, some mega wins. <laughs> if he has retired, he can look back and go, I can fucking be proud of myself there. I can be proud of the body of work I've put together. Not to piss on this guy's parade because I did that enough the other week. Do you think Demetrius Andre can look back on his two-weight world oh, champion what, career with the mate, same kind of respect? What, that dude's living in your head, rent-free. Leave I know. him alone. Leave, I can't. Him alone. Leave Demetrius Andre alone. I can't. Right? He's a two-weight paper champion. He never beat anyone. Anyway, there you go. Tyrone McKenna, mate, if this is the end, and I don't believe it is, I'm looking forward to seeing you fight again. If this is the end, thank you. Thank you from a fight fan's perspective for always turning up, for always entertaining, and for always going for it. You never once, you know, quit in a fight. You never once turned your back. You never once surrendered uh, when you were behind on scorecards. You fought for the first round right to the last round. You were never scared to take a shot, to try and land a shot. Mate, you should be absolutely proud of your career because this is an entertainment business, son, and you were an entertainer. Absolutely. Do you know something? There were moments in that fight where I thought, maybe they should pull him out. Maybe they should pull him out. But then I started thinking, it's Tyron McKenna. Yeah. He'd fucking start fighting with his corner if they even, even yeah. suggested that you're getting pulled out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's a great performance, Lewis Crocker. Well done. Um, Tyron McKenna, obviously, tough as old fucking boots, mate. And as he says, the hardest cunt in Ireland. Top class. Um, Kevin Aguiarco. Wow. Listen, his footwork, range control, shot selection, hand speed. 
he, he proved a lot of, um, I won't say doubters, I don't think there's any doubters, but sometimes you've just got this to go... This was a step that. up though, wasn't it? Troy Williamson yeah. was absolutely yeah. a step up. You've just got to go and do it in front of people's eyes for them to go, yeah. right, this, yeah, I thought, I thought, now we see. Um, I thought Kevin Agioko was really, without obviously um, um, getting the getting the finish that he wanted, I thought it was a fantastic, fantastic performance from him. Um, he won a massive percent. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if... Uh, most people would conclude that he won every single round. He was brilliant. He was brilliant. He was he was outstanding, and he and he lived up to the the reputation that he's getting in the gym. That sparring partners, that coaches, that teammates are talking about him and saying this kid's got so much ability, so much talent. He just needs an opportunity to show it. And Troy Williamson was that step up opponent. And again, you know, I, I believe. Conlon Gill was always a 50-50. McComb Maxwell was a 60-40. Agiaco Williamson was a 50-50, maybe even a, a 60-40 in favour of Troy Williamson because of his experience. This is good matchmaking. This is what you get when boxing turns up and, and puts on quality fights. And even though Troy was in the fight from the start to the end, I just thought Agiaco was just that little bit sharper, that little yeah. bit sweeter. They'd done their homework. They knew what Troy was going to do. They caught him with some big shots, some real eye-catching shots, and then slipped out the back door. This was a coming-of-age performance for me from Magyarco, and uh, I'm super excited for the future for him. Yeah. What a statement. Troy made it interesting early, didn't he? I think, you know, he, I personally gave him a couple of rounds early, early doors, Yeah, uh, Troy, but I thought Kevin... Yeah, he figured it out, mate. He looked really, really good. Really good. Anything else on this card that's uh, got you going? Uh, just Sean McComb. You know, I, I thought Sean, he boxed brilliantly, you know, and it's it pains me to say it because he's, he's a mate of mine, Sam Maxwell, and... Uh, I actually bumped into him a few weeks ago in a in a coffee shop just close to mine and was chatting to him. He was he was out with his son. We had a quick chat and then the next day he announced Sean McComb and he didn't even mention it to him when we were in the coffee shop together. But uh, but yeah, I, I've known Sam an awful long time from his amateur days and I know how much he loves this game and how much he's put into the sport of boxing. But I just thought that performance, he just looked that little bit flat, that little bit. Just lack that ambition to let his hands go. I know that's easy to say when you're not in there and you've been dropped a couple of times. He got dropped in the second or the third. He got dropped again in the fifth or the sixth. And then, so down the stretch, you've got to go for it. You've got to let your hands go. This is almost your career on the line. You know, he's not a baby anymore, Sam Maxwell. And he just seemed a little bit reluctant to let his hands go. And uh, it, it's tough for him because, you know, he was with, I think he had... He had um, Paul Edwards in his corner, uh, which is yet another new coach for Sam. He's had three or four or maybe even five different coaching teams throughout his 20-fight career. It, it, it was tough to watch. But from Sean McCombs' point of view, he was outstanding. Again, I thought this was a bit of a step-up opponent for him. And he answered it with flying colours. He looked brilliant. You know, he, Did he win every round? Probably. Dropped Sam three times on route to a, a washout. He looked great. Uh, America and from uh, a Ryan Garcia and Oscar Duarte point of view it was exactly what we said it was going to be on last week's show Ryan Garcia fair play to him again a guy with another I like the kid's attitude I was a bit unsure going into the fight because it was a bit chaotic that fight week weren't it fucking mm. hell he was scrapping with every man and his dog he was having it with Bernard Hopkins having it with Oscar De La Hoya he was having it at press conferences but again when it comes down to it these fighters just love the chaos well they don't love the chaos outside the ring they find the calmness inside the ring. It took him a little bit of time to get going, actually, I thought, uh, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, but when he did get going, he got the job done. 
Yeah, I think we, you know, we we talked on Thursday about Duarte not being an easy opponent and being a, a tough customer. Obviously, it suited Ryan because he was the one that pushed for the moon to move to super lightweight, forcing Duarte to come up a little bit. But still, you know, he talked the talk. Duarte all fight week, he called Ryan Garcia every name under the sun. He said, you know, Mexico's embarrassed by Ryan Garcia and the fans there call him Queen Garcia and all this kind of, you know, tit for tat. Trash talking, but you talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk. And I think once Duarte got in there, he thought that once he landed on Ryan Garcia, he would he would capitulate and his bottle would go. And he did land. He landed flush a few times. He rang Ryan Garcia's bell once or twice. But that was once or twice in between Garcia ringing his bell five or six times. Um, I thought Ryan Garcia looked great. Uh, and it was everything I thought it was going to be. I knew he, I had a feeling he would stop him late on. I had a feeling that he would have to come through some big moments. I had a feeling that Duarte wouldn't lie down for him. Uh, and I thought Duarte warmed into the fight after a little bit of a slow start. He warmed into it. But Ryan Garcia was just too sharp, too quick, too accurate. You know, that that left hook is money, as always. Mm. Uh, and I thought he looked outstanding. And for me, this was a big win. This was a statement performance. This wasn't an easy win by all means. No. And it proves that Ryan Garcia has got loads left in it. And I like the fact that he's, well, I like the fact he's calling for a, a title fight next. I don't like the fact that fucking Roly Romero has even got that title, of course. It's a mm-hmm. disgrace that he has. But it is what it is. I feel for O'Hara Davis, who by not getting his visa sorted and not fighting Barroso and not forcing the WBA potentially to put him in for the mm-hmm. full world title and making that fight. By not fighting, they've left the door wide open for Ryan Garcia to go, well, I'll fight him then for the title, seeing as the way these interim fellas have fucked up. So mm. they've balled that, they've cocked that right up now because they won't get anywhere near that belt now because I think Ryan Garcia would beat Roly Ramiro. And mm-hmm. then I think Ryan Garcia goes into bigger fights and you won't see that belt again. So those two have missed the boat massively. Yeah. Um, I, I want to stay. Exactly what you've just said there. I want to just uh, reiterate and stick up a little bit for Ren Garcia because I heard a few boos from the crowd. And I think that comes down to them not fully understanding how good Oscar <laughs> Duerte was. This exactly. You might not have heard of his name, but Oscar Duerte, that was a proper fight. Yeah. We said last week, Ren Garcia could comfortably have had something to showcase off and style off against. What was the point? What's the point of doing that? If you're going to prepare yourself for... I think, he, like you just said, I think he beats Roland Romero, but that's obviously trying to project him towards Regis Progre, Devin Haney winner, isn't it? That's what they're trying yep. to do. Go and get a title and make it interesting for a unification point of view. And I'm sure all those, uh, both of those fighters that I've just mentioned there, would fancy it because Ryan brings eyeballs, numbers, which obviously brings money. Um, so, listen, Ryan took a tough fight at the weekend. I, th- I thought there was moments in there that it was a little bit weird, like he turned his back a couple of times. I'm thinking... A little bit of a different approach to uh, yeah. The fight. There was a few times Duarte punched him almost in the spine. Yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't his fault because he was kind of lifting his shoulder or kind of do the old finish yell, but he was turning right round, wasn't he? Yeah. So sometimes, like Duarte was over there. Yeah. And Garcia's kind of here. It, it was weird. I'm surprised the referee never stepped in and had words to be honest with you because it almost was like turning your back. You, obviously, you can't turn your back yeah. on someone. Yeah. But he found a way. He did Brian Garcia things. He found his way. And when he did find his way, that hand speed's just frightening, mate. The the, the, the funny thing about Ryan Garcia is if you put him in with any of the top 10, you could probably even stretch that to further. But let's say top 10. 
in this in this division. If you put him in with any of the top ten, you could make an argument that he would beat any of them, but you'd also make an argument that any of them could beat him. Yeah, that's that's the entertainment factor of him because he's as he's as dangerous as he is vulnerable. I think he's the best phrase. I think they said that on commentary. He's as dangerous as he is vulnerable, Ryan Garcia. And that makes for an extremely exciting fighter. And that's why I don't understand why fight fans or a large percentage of fight fans aren't all in on him. Because one, he takes fights. Mm -hmm. And two, it's either him or you. Is that not what we want? That's what I want. Take a proper fight with with the jeopardy of, are you going or is he going? That's why I watch the sport. Yeah. Love it. Hell yeah. Anyway. Uh, well done, Ryan Garcia. Back on the train. I'm not against him fighting Roland Romero and, get, well, and, get, and getting that belt and then maybe then propelling himself in 2024 to Progre or Haney. I think that would be great. Or even Tiafimo. Fucking hell. Don't. That would be amazing. As you say, they're, they're the names. They're, yeah. they're, they're the big names amazing. in this division. You imagine Tiafimo, Lopez and Ryan Garcia on the top table fucking giving it the big licks on the, on the press conference, on the build-up to that fight. And stylistically, oh, mate, come on. Yeah, absolutely. Sensational. I like Ryan Garcia. I like him a lot. I've always liked him. And I think this was a, this was just a reminder to everybody else in this weight class that Ryan Garcia is is far from done. Yeah. And he's coming back, and he's coming back with a vengeance. And I think he beats, again, I think he beats Roly Romero. He joins that list, and suddenly there's unification, shout left, right, and center. Uh, there you go. That was your boxing. At the weekend, hopefully you uh, you enjoyed everything, you caught up with everything. If you haven't and you've just been listening to us, you think you say, well, what should we go and watch? There's some good stuff. Belfast was a good card. Uh, and I'd definitely go and have a little bit of a nosy in at Ryan Garcia mm-hmm. under tutelage of his uh, of his new coaching team. Um, anyway, we've got another big week lined up for you this week because that fight that we've just been speaking about, Haney Progre, that's upon you. And then the week after that, you've got Bam against Sonny. <laughs> oh, it's good. And then the week then, after that, we've got fucking Rowdy Saudi and Saudi, or whatever they bloody called it. Rowdy and Saudi. There exactly. You there you go. It's all good, man. It's all good. It's like we're on. We're, boxing's going in the right direction. Listen, we've got some stats and facts to throw in at our, in our end of year show, as comparing this year in boxing to previous years. Um, but the eye test is working. The fans are in. Um, and they're making and uh, we're receiving fights that uh, are providing that entertainment factor, which is always, always, always a good thing. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in to us. Uh, you can subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. We are across uh, YouTube as well. So if you prefer to watch your stuff, please get stuck into it there. Fight Disciples uh, is what you are looking for. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.